Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insiders podcast, our first regular season edition. And it's a tag team, me and Eddie C. doing the Yankees and Mets edition for you uh, today. As the Yankees have wrapped up opening day, the Mets are still waiting for theirs. We'll get into that in a second. But, Eddie, the Mets' biggest news of the week was really nothing about the idea of when they're going to play opening day. It's about what's happening for the next 10 years. You always thought the Lindor extension would happen before opening day. How did you feel about the way it played out? Well, I, I wasn't surprised, Sweeney. I think we've talked about this a lot. I thought that this would get done before opening day. I, almost Steve Cohen was kind of up against the wall in a sense, simply because he hadn't signed any of the big three free agents in the offseason. He traded for Lindor. That was his baby, and uh, he kind of had to cash in on that and and get that set before opening day, and I thought he would. Uh, They looked to be at an impasse uh, of considerable money, but that was... uh, that went by the boards pretty quickly, and uh, even Lindor, you know, said, uh, "Hey, listen, I'll be here for the next 11 years." And actually, he's right because this is an extent. This mm-hmm. is his old contract year, and then the the 10 years will fall in after that. But he's a 300 plus million dollar man. Um, I also think, you know, we've discussed this as well. Be it the agent or the player, everybody wants to be the top gun, the top guy. He gets a dollar more than Fernando Tatis, be that the agent. It doesn't really matter, but uh, that puts him in that category. That'll be topped by somebody else in the next free agent shortstop uh, uh, crop that comes up at the end of the season. Uh, but it doesn't matter. He's happy. I think the Met fans are happy. Uh, everybody seems to be happy. And uh, I think they did the right thing and got the right guy, too. It seemed like from a fan perspective, a lot of pressure was being put on Lindor. But... I mean, I feel like there was more pressure coming from the for the Mets really to get this done because they they signed this guy. They're the ones who had to make sure they traded for this guy. They're the ones who had to make sure they got the deal done in the end. I'm sure that Steve Cohen appreciated Pete Alonso saying that you should get 400 million. <laughs> that was great. I don't know what's going to happen when Pete's contract yeah. comes up, <laughs> but we'll we'll see about that. But yeah, no, I, I I would agree with that. You know, listen, I I think that uh, you know. In the long run, uh, this it's it's a great thing for the Mets. Uh, they have a, a cornerstone player. They have a face of the franchise at this point in time, and they can they can now move forward. And I think, you know, Lindor. I asked Luis Rojas this yesterday. Has he ever had a player in such a short amount of time? 
and he's managed on the minor league level in the in the Dominican. He's he's managed a lot on uh, on other levels. Uh, and I asked him whether he's ever had a player that's made this much of an impact in this short a period of time uh, coming into a new situation. He says, never, not not even close. He said he's been a coach. He's been a mentor. It's been everything that you could ask for. And everybody on the team has kind of fallen in line behind him to, you know, root for him and push for him. And uh, they're all very happy that he has the contract. So, uh, you know, he's, he's a likable kid. Um, and he's, he's going to be a very rich kid. Uh, he had some great quotes yesterday. He really did about, uh, he couldn't scream in the hotel room, but he told his dad, he said, it's like the, uh, like driving down the highway and seeing the Powerball billboard, million bingo. I've, I've got the 300 million. So I felt like screaming. And, and at the end, uh, you know, he, he said, what, uh, somebody asked him what what he's going to be like at 38 at the end of the contract. He says, I'll be a bad MFer. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure he probably will be. He might not be the same player, but I'm sure he probably will be. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's good to hear. And, uh, you know, I, I think you and I have always been union guys or players guys. Um, it was a little bit of a bad taste, I think, the way this last couple of days played out before that because he's being painted in a certain way. But I never faulted him for, you know, if he had said no to this deal, I would have no problems with Eddie. If he wants to bet on himself, he is under no obligation to sign the deal that's put in front of him. Uh, And in essence, you know, people talk about discounts for this and that. You know, I would almost argue the other way that he is not going to ever get to free agency now. You're never going to get to a point where you have open bidding. So you almost have to pay a premium to take that away from him. Good deal for all sides, but I just, I personally just didn't like the way it was painted towards Lindor as the greedy ball player. When, you know, if, if he doesn't get that money, it's staying in the billionaire's pocket. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. That's usually the way it goes. Um, you know, we've discussed this as well, the opportunities that await him in New York. You know, it's a $341 million contract, but you can, you know, add another $100 million, $200 million onto that over the course of time because of the uh, the opportunities that he has to present himself and sponsor brands, et cetera. He's got his own New Balance brand. I mean, New York can... Uh, you can open a lot of doors for you, and, and I'm sure they will for Francisco Lindor, an Hispanic player who speaks you know, perfect English and is very likable and very agreeable. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, you know, down the line. There's no question about that. And let's make sure everybody knows that he prefers to be called Francisco. Yes. There are people who have referred to him as Frankie, but that's out now. He made his preference clear. Uh, Francisco, I, I will call him Francisco for sure. That uh, you know, listen, I think the you know, money speaks volumes and that. But it's not just that. He's he's a good person. That's the way he wants to be uh, known, and uh, he will be known as Francisco. And uh, three hundred forty-one million dollars tagged onto it too, as well. Waiting for him to be able to play an official game. The Yankees got their opening day out of the way on Thursday, and we'll talk about that in a second. But the only question for you, I have. Listen, we know the Mets are going to play eventually, but when. Jacob deGrom has been lined up for weeks to pitch on a certain day, on opening day, and now that day is in question as as exactly when that's going to be played. What is this due to deGrom's preparation? Well, he actually threw a touch and feel yesterday because I, I kind of knew he would, that uh, Luis Rojas told us that, but deGrom is very uh, particular about what he does in between starts. He goes twice. He, he does two bullpens. Most guys do one. He does two all the time. Uh, he knew that, that they're, if they're going to play on Saturday, he had the extra day to begin with. 
So if he was going to pitch on Saturday, he felt that he needed something to go out there. And again, it was a short a stint, probably about 20 to 30 pitches, but kind of a touch and feel kind of thing. Okay, I've, I've, I feel pretty good, but it's a couple of days away from the start on Saturday. So kind of knew he would do that. He did do that. So I think he's good to go if they play tomorrow. The good news about it, though, Sweeney, is that he can now pitch the home opener. If, oh. if indeed he goes tomorrow. Now, again, we've heard things like this whole series may get wiped out. It's very possible uh, that they may have to wait until Philadelphia on Monday to, to open their season. But we'll see. We don't have any definitive word yet on uh, on Saturday. But that's the good news. If DeGrom does go Saturday, then he can turn right around on Thursday and have the home opener, which would be great. The Yankees got their opening day underway, and it was a disappointing 3-2 loss in 10 innings. The uh, Kind of a theme of the Yankee loss is the missed opportunities, men left on base, a lot of strikeouts with guys on base. Um, you know, that's going to happen a lot during the year. You know, even... Uh, you know, but it's hard to live with this on opening day. You know, you want everything to feel good on opening day. And to sit there and have losses that are excruciating like that, that's a hard one to sit on for one day. The ninth inning, I think, in particular was particularly excruciating because you had D.J. LeMahieu and Aaron Judge there with chances yes. to win the game. And you would expect, okay, one of these guys is going to come through, and probably D.J. He doesn't. Judge doesn't as well. And then I guess the next inning was, was painful as well when you start out with the new rule and the man on second mm -hmm. base and you boom, 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 three strikeouts. That's, uh, that's tough to take. Uh, and it, and it's, it's strange to me, really, to hear. I know it's opening days and the fans haven't been around for a while, but it's, and I know you're going to get booed in New York, but it's strange to hear boos on, on opening day, and, and you heard them at the stadium. That was actually kind of fun for me. I was thinking, you know, you know, first game back with fans, you you heard everything. You heard you heard the little murmur when Garrett Cole was popping out of the dugout to walk out to the bullpen, and a little right. bit of a cheer rose up. And I'm looking around, and there's people wearing Cole jerseys in the stands for the first time. You know, they I didn't okay. see that last year. Um, and then when, you know, uh, when Sanchez hits his home run, a lot of cheers. You know, fans were singing for Darren O'Day. They were singing O'Day, O'Day, O'Day. Um, you know, they were singing for him when when he came into the game. The entire inning, they booed when Sanchez, or I'm sorry, when Stanton struck out three times. And you know, they were they left disappointed. It was. I understand. You know, you you'd want to win that game, but I loved running the gamut of fan reaction during the course yeah. of that day. Yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. I have a question for you, and it's only one game, and they use their ace, and they have questions behind their ace. But is Toronto a, a real threat? Because they can hit. They have, they have a lot of bats in that lineup that can get the job done. And, uh, you know, people mention, uh, of course, Bichette and Guerrero and Biggio, who is, who is hurt right now. But uh, Teoscar Hernandez is uh, not too bad either. So they, they have a lot of, they have a pretty deep lineup. Are they a threat? Yeah, very much so. Uh, but for how long is the question? Teoscar Hernandez and Randall Gritchick, who got the two big hits yesterday, they're noted Yankee killers. You know, just listen to a broadcast and hear John Sterling every time those guys come up. It is, uh, it is you know, one Yankee killer and then two Yankee killers. Those guys help deepen the lineup beyond the guys that you know, the stars. You know, the question for me, though, is really um, – you know, how deep can they take this? When you see a young team, you always wonder if they can withstand the heat of a long race. 
August and September especially. And we've got guys, remember, minor leagues, you don't play in the month of September. So when you've got young players who have not experienced a full major league season with the pressures of a race, you wonder how they're going to do in September. That's my only real question about Toronto. You know, and as far as the Yankees go, I just looked this up today. Uh, in 2019, when they won 103 games, of the 59 mm-hmm. losses they had, 30 of them were by one or two runs. They lost 19 one-run games. They lost 11 two-run games. Now, most of those are going to be losses where you say one hit could have won that game, tied the game. They could have done something. A lot like yesterday where you're sitting here saying this vaunted offense, all they needed was one opportunity. Without Mm -hmm. going back and looking at all the individual circumstances of those games, I'm pretty sure there were multiple opportunities in all 30 of those games to tie or win the game. If they had won just, remember, this team won 103 games. If they win only, you know, 10 more of those one or two run games, you've now become the 1998 Yankees. I think the idea has to be, and this is, you can, you want to say this is rose-colored glasses, fine. But the idea is if you put yourself in these situations with these hitters coming up, with all these men on base, a hundred plus times, you're going to win a lot more than you lose. It just stinks that it was on opening day. Fans come back for the first time and the off day after opening day always makes the loss 10 (laughs) times worse because it's the only thing you have to talk about. That's exactly right. You can hash it around for another 24 hours in addition to the other 24. Uh, The only cautionary note I would throw throw out is that in a short season last year, I watched the Mets be on base just about every inning, every game, all the time, okay? And they never got the big hit and never seemed to deliver. They did a better job of that in September when it was too late, but they had to play catch-up, and they never even made the playoffs in an expanded field. So uh, those are things that you do have to correct, and I think over the long haul of a 162 that they will be corrected. But the cautionary note, just that uh, sometimes it happens. You go a long time without uh, driving in those runners that you should, man from third with a sacrifice fly, et cetera, moving the runners over those things uh they they tend to catch up with you and bite you sometimes and i think we both have talked all all spring about how fortunate the yankees and mets are to have aces you know garrett cole hung a slider uh went five and a third we know degrom's reputation but if you looked around on opening day a lot of aces got their butts kicked on opening day it was not a fun day for some of the guys who expected to go out there and and really put up big performances yeah, and I think it'll be interesting to me anyway to watch the Yankees progress over the next you know three or four games, obviously, because this is where the other guys fall in line, the Klubers and uh, Hermans, and what are they going to do behind Garrett Colts? Same thing with the Mets, too, behind behind Jacob deGrom. What are those guys going to do? And, and that will tell you a lot about how far and how deep this team can go throughout the season, I think. He's Ed Coleman. I'm Sweeney Murdy. WFN's Baseball Insiders will come your way a couple of times each week during the season, and uh, we'll have lots to talk about. It was a successful opening day for the standpoint that it got off the ground, and now there's still a lot to talk about. The Yankees are still looking for their first win. The Mets will eventually get on the field as soon as the Nationals square away their COVID situation, and uh, we hope it's nothing more severe than that. So uh, keep... Uh, Tuning in back here on WFN.com and go to your podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts and Odyssey is no longer radio.com. Go to Odyssey, hit subscribe to WFN's Baseball Insiders, and we'll be here all season long. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.